What is this called? What now? Let let's hold this. So it read has a little trivia, Lego trivia. What is this? What is it? The cross. That's right. Yes. Hopefully you didn't spoil it for everybody else. Reed made that. He wanted to show you. So hey guys, what what time is it? What are we doing? Uh, announcement. 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 Hey, next Wednesday. Can you guys say next, next Wednesday, Wednesday, January nineteenth. At 6.30 p.m. We have Night Watch. We have Night Watch. All right, so don't copy me anymore. Night Watch, it's going to be a night of worship and prayer. Right, you guys like worship music? I like worship music. I do too. So we're going to be singing songs. Will that be good? Yes. Cool. Also, coming up, uh, say this, January 28th. January 28th. It's a Friday night at 6.30. We have a movie night. We have a movie night. We have a movie night. It is the most reluctant convert. It's a dramatization of the life of C.S. Lewis. That is a ticketed event again uh, in February. We'll be bringing back our you know family movie nights where it's free, of course. But this one does have a ticket. You can purchase that on the app. Speaking of the app, what should everybody do about the app? Um, watch YouTube. No, watch worship. Watch worship. How about you download the app? Yeah, right? download. Download the it's app. Free. It's free. Yeah, it's so you're good. on Spotify. I think the, the sermons are on Spotify, but hey, on the app, if you scroll down to the bottom on the main page, we opened up a new church merch store. Okay, you can get all sorts of things <laughs> on the church merch store. I, I ordered a hoodie and I had to pay for it. I like getting things for free, but yeah, no, it, it is a store. It's there. But um, and I wish I would have worn it. It's going to be here. Maybe next week we'll wear the cool church merch stuff. But anyway, we did want to tell you about that. Check it out. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, download the app. Boys, should we get ready for church? Uh, yes. Now we, we will um, talk about this. We, we talked about that. Yeah. But you know what? We are going to talk about this because what does the cross mean? It means Jesus died to pay for our sins to be friends with God again. And after that, he... Defeated death. And rose again, right? Hey, awesome job, future preacher in the making. Let's get ready for church. Ready? Yeah. Woo! All right, welcome those of you joining us online. We're getting ready to jump in here. Worship was great earlier, and so now that you're here, it'll be even better. Then we're pressing on in our Encourager series. Uh, we'll be in the end of Hebrews 10, 19 today, talking about the blood of Jesus. Grab your Bibles, get a coffee, get ready. Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see you all. You're all looking beautiful and chipper and sounding happy to be here, and I hope you're enjoying your coffee. I see a lot of ah, faces, so that's good. It is good coffee, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes. You don't even like coffee, and you did that. Oh, I love, I love to smell it. it. It is a good smell. <laughs> is that their, their spice for today, that's coffee? That's their spice. Is the, uh, it's not a spice. I guess it's a pleasing aroma then. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we're glad you guys chose to join us. We're looking forward to spending time with you and worship and the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in the event that you didn't know. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We've really enjoyed ourselves last night and this morning. There was a really sweet presence. So we're looking forward to spending that time with you. 
After worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead the kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to Sunday school, and uh, then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Encourager Part 3 today. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa. And we're gathered this morning boldly expecting that you will meet us. We can't wait to see what you're going to do in us and with us and through us, God. We say yes. Help us to remember that we are people of the overflow. Help us to walk in that knowledge. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and everlasting God, you who rule over all things in heaven and earth, in your great mercy, hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace all the days of our life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup, it was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup. The body and the blood of the Lord, the table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now together. And it's always so much fun and such a privilege when we get to sing these songs together. We love hearing you guys lift your voices with us. If you're joining us online, participate too. Makes a big difference when you do, but uh, we're going to jump in now. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Heaven invade in this place. Yeah. 
love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence, God. You're so good to us. You're so faithful, God. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us and taught to us? Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children at this service and the next service. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgino, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hello, boys and girls. Hi, Cole. Good to see you. You are the first one. And you're the second one. Cool. Hi, boys. Okay, so who knows what the most important book in the whole entire world is? Bible. Very good. The Bible, right? And we know that all the stories in the Bible are true. And today's story is from the book of Exodus. And we are still talking about Moses and God's people. But something happened. God called Moses up the mountain to talk to him, to meet with him. And they took a very long time, so long, that the people, that God's people that were at the bottom of the mountain, they got tired of waiting for the Lord. Hello. They got tired and they did a horrible thing. Does anybody know what they did? Ah, They did a horrible thing. They went to Moses' brother and they said, I don't know where Moses has gone. Who knows when he'll come back? We need a God that's going to lead us. So they gave Moses gold. Do you know what gold is? Yes. Yeah, cool. It's a treasure. It's a treasure, yes. Yes, big long thing. Any shape, yeah. So the people gave Aaron gold, and guess what he did with it? It is a treasure. He made an idol of it, a golden calf, and the people worshipped it. They forgot the God who had saved them and rescued them from Egypt, right? And they broke the second commandment and the first, really, because they were worshipping other gods, and they made an idol for themselves, right? I know. When God saw this, God was so upset. And then Moses went down, and Moses had the two tablets, and he smashed them on the floor, and he destroyed the golden calf. And then the next day, Moses went up to God and said, Lord, we must forgive your people, right? We cannot go on without you. And God forgave the people, but he told them that in time, he would punish them for what they had done, right? I know. And then he passed in front of Moses and called out. He said, I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love to them and I can be trusted. Right? So guess what? Moses spoke to God about God's people, right? When we do wrong, when we sin, Jesus speaks to God for us. Isn't that awesome? So awesome. Okay. So you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? And then we're going to get cool stickers. All right. Repeat after me. Exodus 34, 6. Exodus 34, 6. You guys are so good. Good. Then he passed. Then he passed. 
in front of Moses and called out, I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love, and I can be trusted. Excellent job, guys. Good, Good job. I think they threw in an extra very when it came to patient. Hey, Pastor Georgina, do you think the kids can help me do something? Kids right now are getting stickers because God is a rewarder. Those who diligently seek him. But there's a couple of birthdays. It's West's birthday. West, happy birthday. He's right there, not even listening. It's also Marilyn's birthday. It was the other day. And we want to sing her happy birthday, too. All right? So you guys ready to help? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Good job, guys. All right, Pastor Georgina is going to pray for you. Okay, very good, guys. Now we're going to bow our heads and think about the Lord, okay? All right. Abba, you are so good to us, Lord. You are the God of abounding love and great faithfulness, Lord. I pray that the little ones will know you as their forever friend who loves them, Lord, and who guides them and forgives their sins. In Jesus' name, why do we say that? Amen. All right, go have fun. Amen. Go have fun. <laughs> Welcome to the vineyard. Welcome to those of you joining us online. We're glad to have you with us. We're, it's, we have a, we actually have a storm heading our way, those of you online, so uh, we're watching it, supposed to come through around noon. So if you didn't know that, that the wind and rain and temperature dropping. And then it's going to be a little cooler all week, and for those of us who live here, we're like, hallelujah, and we're sorry for those who are visiting, kind of. But even, even, no matter what we have, it's pretty much better than anything y'all got going on wherever you're from, so all is well. All is well. Uh, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, if you pointed your smart device at that code, it would, uh, what does it do? Oh, it gives you our digital connect card. And uh, there's a link that pops up on your phone, and you ask, it gets you for your name and your phone number and your email address. And then over the next four, five, six weeks, you will get some texts and emails from us welcoming you to the church and telling you a little about us. So uh, if you've never done that, please do that. Also, back at guest services, uh, there'll be a gift for anyone that's a first-time guest or visitor. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out, and they will give you one back there. Also, we are praying for our neighbors, and uh, we're doing this corporately and individually, and, and uh, it's very important. God has planted you where you are to have an impact on those people that are around you. And so just for a moment, think about the people who are living by you and sort of get them in your minds, and then let's go to the Lord and we're going to pray. Papa, 
We come before you and we, we pray for our neighbors. And we ask, God, that you would move in the lives of the people that are around us and those who don't yet know you, that they would come to know you, Lord. And God, help us to be good neighbors. Empower us to love our neighbors well. And Lord, bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let me, uh, something that was in the announcements I do want to follow up on. So on the 28th, we are uh, showing a movie here, uh, The Most Reluctant Convert. It's about the life of C.S. Lewis, who's in a few. C.S. Lewis is awesome. He's written awesome books, huge impact on uh, us. And uh, it is a ticketed event. It's the only way we could show it. In February sometime, we'll do a family food event night that you won't need tickets for. But this one is ticketed. You have to go on the app, get the tickets or the website. Um, it's going to be a really good movie. We'll do free popcorn, but you'll need to go and buy the tickets. And we hope you'll come. I think it's going to be fine. Alice and I will be here. We're looking forward to seeing it. So that's on the Friday the 28th. Like I said, ticketed event. But got to do what you got to do to show things sometimes. Okay. We are going to continue on in our series called Encourager. This is our third week in. Uh, at the heart of this series is the ministry, if you would, of encouragement that's for all of us. Um, and we introduced the idea of that Holy Spirit is an encourager, the word paraclete, which is his name, comforter, and, and uh, comes alongside and helps. And that because Holy Spirit lives in us, we're to embrace that ministry and make it a part of our lives. We're to be encouragers. We live in a very discouraged world. We want to make sure that we don't sort of let that flow through us. We want to be those who encourage. And that means to put courage into people and courage. And we, we want to put courage into people to trust God and to live the, the way he would have them live. All right, and that's kind of at the heart of what we're doing. And we've, we're focusing in on a passage of Scripture, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, as we start. I've encouraged you to dwell on it, hang out with it, meditate on it. We've talked about how the Scripture is meant to do that. And you're supposed to you know, dig into it, and the Holy Spirit will open things up to you. I'm encouraging you to memorize that passage. For to me, it's one of the main passages about being encouragers. And it starts with the idea of us being encouraged so that we can encourage others. Written uh, to a group of people who were being heavily persecuted uh, and who were sort of thinking about going back. These new uh, Jewish believers were thinking about leaving and going back to the old way of doing things so they wouldn't be persecuted. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, there's no life back there. You've already found out the most amazing thing. And then encourages them to encourage others to press on. So we're going to dig some more into verse 19. I didn't quite finish verse 19, so we're going to jump and finish that this week. Bad joke time. Did you know that milk is the fastest liquid on earth? It's pasteurized before you see it. Why can't you trust an atom? Because they make up everything. All right, last one. What's another name for an iPhone power cord? Apple juice. It's really bad, but that's the one you remember, I'm afraid. Alice, my love, would you please come pray for us and lead us in the reading of the Word? I will. Thank you. I like apple juice. Apple juice. That was a good joke. 
plus the juice isn't bad. So, good morning. It's good to be here today. Last week I had the pleasure of having church on the couch. It was a little under the weather, but all is well. And I have to tell you, if you have to have church on the couch, it's, this is a really good stream to watch. I know some of you do it all the time, but the sound quality, I just really enjoyed it. But I'm really glad to be back with you all today. With that being said, will you press into Papa with me before we read the word? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You are so, so good to us. Father, we come this morning and during this time, Father, I pray that we would be able to lay down our worries and our cares and the burdens that we carry around. Father, help us just to lay them at your feet. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear what we need to hear today. And Papa, at the end of this day, at the end of all our days, may your praise be on our lips. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Hebrews. This is chapter 4, 14 through 16, and this is a very familiar portion of scripture for you. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You all can be seated. All right, so... Again, another passage that uh, is talking to us about our great priest and access that we have to the holy place, and we're going to build on that today as we continue to press in together to Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. So uh, remember, and again, I want to encourage you that the Bible is, the, the more that you spend time with it, the more is revealed. It's a fascinating, amazing, it's divine literature, it's designed that way. It's never a one and done thing. And so we're encouraged to hang out with it. And I said to you, uh, the last time we were gathered, you know, you know when the church uh, first started for the first 1,500 years, nobody had a Bible, right? They heard the Bible when they went to their meetings. And, and the, the word would be read, and, and then they would talk about it and discuss it. And that makes a big difference in how we remember it. That's like why a therefore is so important. But I'm, I'm encouraging you to memorize this passage from 19 through 25 in the weeks ahead. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near uh, to God with a I better get to catch where I am. Sincere heart and a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. We're going to talk even more about that little part today. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We get to the end of that passage. It's about encouraging one another and, and 
and that's really what we're talking about. But the whole thing sets up for us how we're encouraged so that we can encourage others. And we jumped into this verse, therefore, remember last week I said whenever you read a therefore, you're supposed to figure out what it's. Thank you. And it was therefore, it reminds you generally of what happened just before, because remember, they would need to be reminded, because now they were moving into a new spot, and had, didn't probably seen that other spot for a while. And this was to remind them that therefore was there, to remind them about what Jesus has done, and how uh, he has come, and how he's defeated the power of sin and death, and that God sees us in the perfection of his son, uh, and that we're justified, and, and, and you know, just as if we'd never sinned. And this amazing thing that's happened is what he's connecting with by what Jesus has done. And then also the therefore, when you, it was, it's going to be another bigger reminder of the bigger story. And I, I can't unpack that bigger story every week, but I did it last week. But the one that runs back to creation and God's heart to fellowship with us and partner with us to make a difference on the planet, how we mess that up. And yet he, you know, he continually pursues us, tabernacle, temple, Jesus, you know, the place where heaven and earth meet, fully God, fully man, Holy Spirit coming, and now we're the place. Where heaven and earth meet, we're the temple, and and that that when they would hear this verse, they would be all these things would be opening up to them, and that's how you're to read it. You don't just sort of do a surface read. It's like all of a sudden that begins pulling in all these things together. Brothers and sisters, we're the family of God. We talked about what that means and how that goes back into Second Samuel seven and how cool those connections are. The confidence we have, our confidence is in what Jesus has done. And that, that's a huge deal. And in that confidence, we enter the most holy place. That's the, the it's temple language for the place where heaven and earth meet. And, and God has made a way for us to connect with him there already. We live in the overlap. Heaven is not millions of miles away. Heaven and earth are connected and there's already an overlap. And as believers, we exist in there. We live in there. We find life in there. We have access there. And then the rest of that verse is by the blood of Jesus. And I didn't get to it last week. So we're going to talk about that. This week, but but keep thinking as you see these things that this is all part of the bigger story. So these little little parts of it are are causing all these people to remember the bigger story because they would have definitely known the story. And with the blood of Jesus, one of the first things that would begin to that they would begin to connect with now that Jesus had come and done what He's done is it would connect them to the Exodus, the Exodus, and. We've talked about the Exodus here fairly often. I will let it come up and be a part of the story because it's a recurring theme throughout Scripture. And the story of Exodus, you know, back in the beginning, was that the people of God at the time were in slavery and bondage in Egypt. And God makes a way to rescue and deliver them from slavery and bondage. Moses, and he sends Moses down. And Moses comes and goes to Pharaoh, this, you know, the brief version of this story, and says, you know, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, not going to happen. And uh, a series of ten plagues happens to change Pharaoh's heart and mind. Change his mind anyway, never changes his heart. The final one is a really difficult one. Uh, and... and uh, but that's the direction it had to go in, and the evil was so profound, the darkness so profound, you have to know that, that, that they, many chances they had to, to let the people of God go, and they didn't. So it leads up to the tenth and final one, which is the death of the firstborn. And, and that's the plague that's to come. After he's, Moses has said, listen, these nine are coming, and every one of them came, the death of the firstborn is upon them. And, and what happens is, we read about the story in Exodus 12, 5, 7, the animals you choose... 
this event was about to happen, must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats, and take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. So, fascinating story, but what's going to happen is, um, this, this plague is coming, and God is making a way for the people of God to be rescued from this, and they're to take these lambs. And it's, it's not quick and easy. They actually took these year-old lambs into their homes, and spent, they were there for like three or four days. There would have been some connection happening. This was never, nothing is supposed to be, oh, no big deal. It's a huge deal, because the cross would be a huge deal. And then these uh, lambs were, were uh, slaughtered, they were killed, you know, they were eaten, but the blood was taken and it was put on the door frames, uh, the doorpost. And when the angel of death comes, uh, when he sees the blood of the lamb, he passes over those households and they're spared. The firstborn are spared. And it's a picture of what's going to happen with us Then, when Jesus' blood is shed for us. In effect, the angel of death then passes over us. Because when we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, our eternal life has begun then. Now, we sometimes think of that as way off in the distance. Listen, because of what God has done, when you come to know him, your eternal life begins. There will be a time when you have some sort of transition, um, depending on if when Jesus comes back and if we're here or whatever, however that looks. But at some point we'll transition, but it's it's uh, moving towards an eternal body, that life forever. When Revelation 21, when heaven comes to earth, everything's renewed, and we get we get brand new bodies, which is really cool. Um, that's what we have to look forward to. And so all of these things are tied. That's what they're going to be thinking about when they read about the Exodus. And don't forget, Exodus is so powerful. Like you, you take... God does things on purpose. There were, when God created everything, He speaks ten times in the creation and brings order out of chaos. When He rescues His people and, and gets them on the other side of the Red Sea and they've been rescued and delivered, He's gonna speak ten times again. And, and He's, so ten more words. And really that's how it, it we, we always, we say ten commandments, but I think that makes us take them wrong. He speaks these ten words. And what He's doing with these ten words is he's ordering, uh, ordering, he's setting in right the way that people, as God's people, are supposed to live. It's how it's going to look. And the, the Ten Commandments aren't a bunch of rules. They're a love thing. There's, really, there, there's ten things. And the first three are about loving God, which is huge. And then there's one about loving us, and then the rest are about loving others. And what God is saying when he orders all of this, he's saying, listen, this is how you're supposed to live now. This should just be what bubbles out of you. You're going to love me, and you're going to love others. You're, you're not going to want to steal their stuff or take advantage of them or hurt them. That you shouldn't be. You're the people of God. You're going to hang out with me. And the, the fourth one about loving ourselves, that's, a, that's the Sabbath one. You know, I love that connection, too, because we've talked about Sabbath before. And people go, how do you get that's the one where you love yourself? Sabbath was a day that was made to celebrate new creation. It was a day when it was different from all the other days. You were going to take one day a week and you were going to rest from all of that mess that you did. And you were going to hang out with God and hang out with your family and, and enjoy life. As, as new creation people, it was a taste of what was to come that they were to celebrate every week. God wanted them to do that. It became something else completely, unfortunately, but that's the idea. And, and as you refreshed and renewed, you were, you were loving you know, God and you were loving yourself and it would cause you to love others. That's what was going on. So he speaks these ten 
things in at that point in time. He's ordering chaos once again because these people had no idea how to live. They'd been in slavery and bondage for years. And so God is showing them how to live as the people of God. So, so that's all popping up. Also is this connection that they have now to Jesus being the Lamb of God and how that works. And John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus walking toward him, walking towards him, he says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so there was something very cool happening here. He's making this connection. You know, the, the Passover lamb rescued them and, you know, saved them from the angel of death. And now Jesus is coming and we know he rescues us from death, power of death and the power of sin. Uh, and we, we think about this in communion. There's another connection we have now that they would have been making. Uh, then he took a cup, Jesus did, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant poured out. For many, for the forgiveness of sins. So this simple little thing, the confidence by the blood of Jesus to enter the most holy place, they're all making these connections with Exodus and Jesus as the Lamb of God. And, and the, the blood of Jesus poured out to forgive us our sins. And, and then, you know, the, the therefore of last week, we want to we connect that again in Hebrews 10.8. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you don't desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance of the law. See, in the Old Testament, um, sin was was covered. It, it wasn't dealt with. That's the difference. So the, the sacrifices that they made would, would sort of cover it. But, but Jesus is different because when Jesus comes, he takes it away. He said, here I am. I have come to do your will. And he sets aside the first to establish the second. That, that The old way of doing things was temporary at best. There's this new thing that's happening now. And by that will, we've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. This is Jesus' mission. He came to rescue us. And when he completed that by defeating the power of sin and the power of death, he sat at the right hand of the Father, the most holy place that heaven and earth overlap. Where, you know, he's not just kicked back. He's still very active interceding for us and doing those things that he's doing. And don't forget that we looked at this verse last week because Paul puts Jesus there in the holy place in Ephesians 1 and then he puts us there in Ephesians 2. The writer of Hebrews got Jesus there. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in grace. It's by grace you've been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Again, it's this picture of us accessing the, the temple, the most holy place, the place where heaven and earth connect. All of these things are in there and they're all being evoked in this one verse. That's a lot in one verse. It is. But the Bible's like that. It's, 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 it's always deeper than the surface reading would, would let you know. And, and so, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, there's the idea here, and why this is so encouraging, is that we, we do have access now to the literal presence of God. And it's one of those things that I, I think we sort of, 
we get so busy and, and life is so you know, difficult and all those things happen that it's hard for us to really hang out and grasp that reality that we're actually there already. We're, we're in this amazing heaven and earth kind of connection with Jesus. And it, it's one of those things, like I always tell you how I think we, we, we don't really let the, the amazing, like Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We, we, it's, because that just, it's show-stopping. I mean, imagine, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit dwells in us. And, and so we get it, but it's hard for us to take it all in. But I want you to take this idea of this connection all in, in this verse, of having access to God the way that we do. And so I, I want to talk about life in, in the holy place, life in this connected place by the blood of Jesus and what that looks like. So there's two stories I want to tell you to go with this. I need coffee to tell stories. Ah. Okay. So, I, I gotta make two stories, but, and, and they'll connect, and they'll connect all of this together. And it's all about the confidence that we have to enter in. Okay. So, first story, and I, I told you this before, but I, I need to start with this one. Um, it's, it's a connection, uh, of something that happened. So, when, when God makes Adam a bride, let's go back there, what he does is, in effect, Adam's asleep, and God, um, reaches in, and he takes substance, out of the side of Adam, and out of the substance, he creates Eve. And, and that's significant because he's, he's making two out of the one, and they're image bearers, and, and there's a lot going on there that I can't unpack today um, that you know gets changed in the fall, unfortunately. But, but it's significant. And then when Adam wakes up, God presents to him his bride, Eve. And it's a, it's a cool thing, as you can imagine. And, and uh, so we have that picture. Now... There's another picture for us uh, that happens in the New Testament, and it happens at the point of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And in, in much the same way that God um, makes a bride for Adam, he's going to make a bride for Christ. And, and we know that we're that. But he's going to do it in a representative way. So if you remember on the cross, there's a moment when a soldier pierces the side of Jesus. And out of that flows blood and water. The substance comes out of the piercing of the side of Jesus. From that, God is going to fashion for Jesus a bride. That's us. Because what he does is with the blood, he purchases us. And with the water, he purifies us. He washes us. And he's going to present us to Jesus as his bride. He does it representatively. Yeah, that worked. In Mary Magdalene. Now, when I, when I say that, Mary is not the actual bride of Jesus. Don't, it's not what I'm saying. But she is going to represent us. She's going to represent the church in this moment in time. Because when Jesus comes out of the tomb, who's he presented with? Mary Magdalene. Now, in the, in the story, it's fascinating. We'll see it more. His friends have come and gone. Um, but Mary won't leave. She's hanging there. And and she's right there when he's presented, and that's going to be significant. And part of it, I had this chat with Henry last night. It's very cool. Mary is such a great representative for the church because of her amazing love for God. You see, and, and we were talking about it. I've been thinking about it some more because his disciples loved him too. There was something special about this love that Mary had. And what I think is it's because Mary had really already had a major exodus experience. 
Because think of the things that she'd been set free from and delivered from. And she and the, the power of the enemy had been broken off her life. And she just loved God as a response. And, and she, so she couldn't leave, right? His friends came and he was gone. They didn't know what to do. And they, but Mary just hangs out there. She's crying, where is he? Where is he? I need him. I love him. And she's, so she's a great representative of the church and how we're supposed to love God. All right, so hang on to that story. You got that one? Okay, coming back to it in a second. But there's this other thing that's happening. Now, in the Old Testament, so once a year, the high priest was able to access the most holy place. Just once a year. That's After a huge ritual, that's all the access he had. There was a place where heaven and earth meet, but it was restricted. Only to the high priest, only once a year after a series of rituals, he would go behind the curtain. And there behind the curtain was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was this big box covered in gold. And uh, on either side on, were, were golden cherubim that were at the ends of the, the Ark. And then they were facing one another over the Ark. Uh, and the Ark was about two and a half cubits, so five and a half, six feet, about the length of a, of a man, of a person. And, and on the, there was a mercy seat. The seat covered the Ark. It was called the mercy seat. And what, what happened was the high priest would go in once a year and he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat, and that would cover the people for the year. And the picture was that the mercy seat, that was, so the whole thing is a heaven and earth connection, but that was the point of contact. The mercy, God sat there, that was the throne of God, if you would, in the heaven and earth connection. The psalmist says, Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a uh, flock. You sit enthroned between the cherubim. So that's this heaven and earth connection of what was going on behind the curtain. Okay. So let's, let's think about what's happening at resurrection again when Mary is there at the tomb. And uh, John and Peter have been there, like I said. They've come, they've looked, they've gone. They don't really understand what's happening, although John credits himself for figuring out. But I don't think he would yet. But he's going to get it soon enough. And, and, uh, and, and mostly, the, you know, if you go and read that thing, the funniest thing that's in there is that, that John says that Peter got a head start, but I still beat him to the tomb. I love stuff like that. But, and it doesn't really relate, maybe if there's a connection I haven't found yet, but anyway. So it says uh, that the disciples went back to where they were saying. So John and Peter have left, and they're not sure what's going on. But Mary, the representative of the bride of Christ, who loves God because she's been set free and delivered, stood outside the tomb crying. She was a... And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Now, and they asked her, woman, why are you crying? Well, they've taken my Lord away, and I, I don't know where you've put him. Matthew gives us another little more input on this, because, you know, the gospel writers remembered things as they went. And, and Matthew says, the angel says to her, he's not here, he's risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. It's an invitation to take a deeper look into what's happening. That's what the come and see. It's like you realize sometimes a deeper look reveals more things. Alice and I were driving down Spanish Main the other day, and we saw this lady walking a dog. Uh, but when I first looked, it was the smallest dog I'd ever seen. I actually thought she was walking a guinea pig on a leash. That's how small this dog was. I was like, what? wait, and I had to do two or three looks to figure out it just may be the world's smallest dog. And I'm like, you shouldn't even walk a dog that small. 
You, you know, it's like 10 steps, he's done. It's like 20 miles, right? But I have to look a couple of times. All right, this invitation is, is for Mary to look and see. Look and see, Mary. What do you see? What do you see when you look? And so here's this picture of this place. Think about the Ark of the Covenant. There, there on the ground were the linens that Jesus had been wrapped in. There was one around his head that they had folded up neatly, but the rest of them were just laying there where he was, and they'd be covered in blood. And at either end was an angel looking over. And if you really look, what you see is it's a representative of the ark and the mercy seat of God, and that the blood has been sprinkled that takes care of everything once and for all. And and he's not there, Jesus, but he's inviting us all. And And... If our representative has access to the very heaven and earth connection place, the most holy place, so do we. And, and because we have access, we have everything we need for life now and forever. See, that's at the heart of the message. And when you get one little verse, that was one verse, guys. When you get one verse like that and all these stories start to connect, you go, wow. And you can't help but be encouraged. Can you imagine a God who is so awesome and, and the word that he gives us just completely can ties together in so many ways and so many things were leading up to other things and we get to see them all happening and we're a part of his story. And when you get that, it changes everything. And that's how we start. Because we're changed, we have access, we're to be different in the world around us. So we're going to press in more. To that next week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it up there for today. Uh, next week we talk about a new and living way. All of these things are connected and will continue to connect, but it just deepens the story. So rejoice in the access that you have to the, to the place of God, the holy place in His presence. Amen. Alice, my loved one, you come uh, up. Uh, ministry team, you guys can head over to the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. Uh, we're gonna press into the Lord together for a moment with all of you and then We'll pray and we'll dismiss. Papa, um, you're amazing. And my prayer is, God, that it would stir in us a desire to know you more and to love you more and to continually be drawn towards you, to, to spend time with you and in your word, yielding to Holy Spirit, Growing in this life in you. And, and I pray for, for each one of us, God, that, that you would remind us of how amazing our own exodus has been. That you have rescued us from, from bondage and slavery to the evil one. And you brought us in as new creations into the promises of God, into the family of God. And, and I would pray for some of you that, that today would be a day when you take a stand and you, you stop allowing the enemy to use guilt and shame against you because you're going to stand in the realization that God sees you in the perfection of his son and that you're new. You're new. And that there's freedom in that. And in that freedom, you would, you would love God. In, in a way that just can't be shaken, that just won't kind of walk away, but, but will continually be drawn ever closer in this presence. 
And, and my prayer is that for some of you, that you would receive that today in a way that changes you forever. Amen. During worship this morning, the Lord just gave me a picture of someone in your fervently praying for a dear friend. And I believe the friend is a female. You're, you're staying up at night and you're worrying and worrying and praying for this friend. And I think this friend is like it is a crossroads. She has some choices to make. And the Lord just wants you to know he's got her, that it's in his hands. You can release it. You don't have to worry anymore. He's heard your prayers. So if that's for you, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good. Listen, this amazing journey, everything starts by knowing Jesus. He invites us into his story. We respond by believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, do it today. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Best decision you will ever, ever make in your life. Thank you, church, for your generosity. Partnering with you is a wonderful thing. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness, your giving, your offering, your tithing. We bless you for that. And uh, let's sing the doxology together. And all those children back there can come raining down because they're ready. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Have a great day. Try and stay out of the storm. Hope your team wins. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. These doors are open for you. Head out this way. We'll see you soon. And thanks, everybody, for watching online. We love you guys. Hope you have a great rest of the day. And uh, be blessed. And hey, Hebrews 10.20 for next week. It's a good one. So we have something to look forward to. Yes. You want to tell them? I always look forward to I put pot roast in because it's going to be raining when we get home. So yay. Yay, pot roast. Enjoy your lunches, everybody. We love you. Bye-bye.